and welcome to Talkie Talk, the podcast from MediaBias.com. Joining me today, I've got like a, like ner- not nervous energy, but big energy for Friday Cast. It's been a while. Friday Cast! I've had two shots and some some other shots, <laughs> which I think that's three shots. But joining me, Chris, today is Brent. Hello! David. Hello! TJ. Hello! I'm going to stop shouting now. And just say, (laughs) we can't keep up this pace! (laughs) I didn't get any shots today. (laughs) Uh, Today we're going to be talking about uh, a draft. That's kind of our main uh, conversation. We're going to be doing a draft like we did previous years, where we're all going to kind of go through and pick movies, and whichever person's team gets the most nominations wins a pat on the back. A Media By Us certified back pat. This year we will try to... Follow up with yeah. our draft. <laughs> Most years we just get excited when the nominations come out and we abandon it. Yeah, it's because as soon as we're like, oh, that breezy section is going to be like 20 minutes long. Um, <laughs> but before that, uh, we're going to talk about uh, Reality Roundup. There's two exciting things that happened in reality mm-hmm. television this week. Um, and David, do you want to start us off with the challenge? The yeah. challenge! Uh, yeah, the, they had the finale for the challenge, Team UK going up against Team America, and uh, it was the numbers versus the scrappy underdog Brits, who only have one British person on it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> At the end, uh, it's the finale of a couple leg journey. I think the first episode, it was split into two parts. The first one ends with the uh, carrying the... Um, the gurney with all the weight on it. Yeah. And then uh, they pick up here, complete that, the gurney journey. <laughs> <laughs> and then sleep with uh, snakes and then swim to a boat and uh, with some puzzles mixed in there, that's your final. <laughs> yep. It's pretty standard challenge fair. Uh, but, Brent, I know we were talking about it last time we talked about the challenge you were on. Uh, to give you some context, for the first day of the finale, it was 60 miles. 60 mile like hike slash jog run uh, and they all had to take turns based on how many team members they had and carry a thing that weighed uh, 350 pounds for the team that had uh, more, more more players and it was like 250 for the five team yeah 60 yeah 60 miles too through, far through like yeah. the jungle yeah I feel like I would just walk at a reasonable pace and I probably wouldn't come in last the day after like did people quit uh, not, so there was, there was like options for people to like, individual people to quit. I take that option. <laughs> <laughs> I quit now, just in case I've ever asked them. If, if you slow down too much, you get shot like in the long walk. <laughs> there was oh, one guy who was just like, I'm going to just run the whole thing and carry all the weight. Um, through their numbers, they oh, had the most. his funeral. <laughs> he, he really did have like an apocalypse now style, like his body's breaking down and he's staring up at the sun and. And like he basically said, like one of the voiceovers, like okay, so Polly died. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was so bad that like when they got to the point, so they also uh, there was one bed per team, and it was in the middle of a snake pit. Um, so you could choose to sleep, or you could uh, and be with all the snakes, or you had to stand on these stairs all night. And then in the morning, TJ Lavin came and released them. Yeah, I was standing on the stairs. The the snake pit bed does nothing for me. I'm not sleeping on well, it. Well, it's after 60 miles and you stand for eight hours. Yeah, have the snakes also had to go 60 miles? Because maybe they'll be tired. <laughs> Those snakes were not tired. Oh. 
I literally wouldn't sleep on the bed. I mean, maybe I could lie down a little bit, but yeah. I would be very tense the entire time. They they did it, though. Yeah. A couple of them were sleeping. They just passed out? Yeah. Yep. Did the snakes crawl around them? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We found a new show TJ's not going to watch. <laughs> no, I'm not watching that at all. <laughs> so they just slept while snakes slithered on them. Yeah. Yeah. They would climb. It was like a raised bed, so it was probably like six feet off the ground. Yeah. But there were still snakes that were climbing up and like in the mattress and stuff. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, I also agree with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm also not the ideal candidate for pretty much any reality show. Yeah. <laughs> what was day three? Did they get shot in the head to see if they can survive? <laughs> no, it's, it, was, it was only two days, which it's typically only two days. <laughs> two days, then shot in the head. <laughs> uh, the second day, they just had to do like puzzles and do a bunch of like swimming. and A four billion piece puzzle. <laughs> it was <laughs> Day one was like endurance. Day two was like speed and strength. So, yeah, but it was cool because the UK team has was getting abused all season by this guy. The Polly. producers, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this guy Polly, who's supposedly this like mastermind, and through his like politicking, made the UK team super weak. And then the UK team just like showed up, and I think like due to editing the. Uh, they made it look much closer than it was, but it mm-hmm. seemed like the UK team just fucking annihilated them. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. I think in, like, an interview, Jordan said that they probably beat them by an hour, hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> Which is insane, considering <clears throat> when they finished first on the first day, the advantage they were given was a ten, a five-minute head start. Ten-minute head start. Yeah. So, like, that's how close they think three it is. marathons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. five-minute head start. <laughs> but... So yeah, so that was that was neat. Now the challenge is over. I guess reunion show next week, but that's yeah. always kind of a nightmare. It is. I'm really happy for <laughs> more snake pits, <laughs> <laughs> just verbal ones. <laughs> it takes, I feel like it should take place in a hospital wing. <laughs> no, they just make a giant cheese grater and they have to crawl in it on their bellies. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Yeah, we. By the way, guys, this was challenge from the producers of Saul. <laughs> I wanted to announce my retirement from this podcast. I am now a game maker for the challenge <laughs> for, the Hunger, for the Hunger Games. <laughs> Eli Roth's the challenge. Well, the, the next season is Challenge Quarter Quell, so it's appropriate. Oh, God. <laughs> the only uh, takeaway for me is I think Jordan is an all timer for me after this season. Yep. After the uh, the uh, his performance this year, he was great. Yeah, he's he's the guy who I told you about who won the tug of war with one hand because he's got the rhythm birth defect where he doesn't have his index middle or ring finger. Um, He's hang ten, hang tenon. Yep. But yeah, so he's he's been a finalist on he's he's got like a a win percentage of sixty six percent, which is crazy. Um, But yeah, it was pretty cool. Kind of sucks that he didn't get to do it with his fiance. Uh, do it by, I mean, <laughs> sorry, week seven was everybody's dicks get chopped off. <laughs> so, I thought you meant, welcome to the challenge. You gotta wait till your wedding night. <laughs> um, but yeah, because I thought Tori was probably the, the best woman competing. Yeah. Uh, but it was nice to see D kind of get a redemption. Yeah, after really getting like shit on yeah. for being like a incredibly athletic female, yeah, she's like, oh, she's a piece of shit. Yeah, bullied constantly, <laughs> being told that she couldn't run, being like emotionally uh, manipulated by somebody who then tried to throw her in because he said that she was weak. Uh, it was nice to see she gets her share of the million bucks. Nice. How many people split it? Four. Cool. Yeah, including CT. Yep. 
Yeah. The one Cassandra knew. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She kept saying. She watched whatever show he was originally on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was back on, I think, Real World New Orleans? No. But he's like single-digit Real World cast member. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. That's They call him Pops because he's just like been around for so long. 39. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but in a season that was a little little old timer. Yeah. Season was a little uneven, but I think it uh, the finale, both parts were very entertaining, and they edited it very well to be very compelling. Yeah. I almost I got a little sick to my stomach. I was like, "Is Polly and Cara Maria gonna win this? Don't let it happen." Yeah, and uh, they didn't. Those fuckers lost. <laughs> but the best thing about the finale in part one and part two was the editors making T.J. Lavin look like an immortal, like, tied beast. He was like, the first one, they, like, photoshopped his head com- like coming over mountains like the sun. And then the second one, uh, they gave him two hero shots, uh, but doing the same thing, which was riding up on a jet ski while they're all, like, resting on a boat for a quick second. Yeah, they said, like, he looks just like James Bond. And I was just thinking to myself, like, James Bond never had cargo shorts on. (laughs) (laughs) It was J. Bond. James Bond Jr. Curiously, James Bond's cousin. Why is he going to be called James Bond Jr. if he's his cousin? No one knows. It's stupid. Oh, my gosh. Uh, James Pond is his son. Is that? Remember that game? Anyway. And then the (laughs) other thing for Reality Roundup, after my short stroke, is uh, Survivor. Brent, Brent, what happened on Survivor? I want to hear Brent talk about Survivor. Um, it's been too long. So let's hear a man talk about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Brent, it's all you, bud. <laughs> yeah, let me tell you how it is. <laughs> uh, no, it's so uh, well. You know, I think the the person who was probably uh, the front runner to win if they made it, Elaine got voted mm-hmm. out this week, and so that's a, a, a big turning point in the game. And then shortly after Elaine's boot, Jeff Probst walked up on the beach the next morning and told the re- the five remaining cast members that Dan had been pulled from the game due to uh, another touching incident. Uh, this time, not with a cast member, but with a, a, a I believe a producer. When you yeah. say touching, you don't mean an emotionally affecting incident, right? So. Um, I don't know, you know, it's, it puts at least an end to that weekly sort of groaning that you have to do every time you see Dan, uh, yeah. just like, huh, well, this guy. Um, yeah, it's, it's really interesting the way that, so Je- <coughs> Jeff told them that he'd been removed from the game, but didn't tell them why, mm-hmm. but we got the, the kind of splash card afterwards that I think is probably the most revealing thing about the current status of Dan, why we haven't heard from people, and just kind of their thoughts on how the whole situation with Kelly was handled. Because it said um, that there was another incident mm-hmm. that happened with a non-cast member that wasn't caught on camera. So, just that... Well, it was... The, wor- the, the verbiage, which I think is kind of important, was off-camera. Off-camera, right. So... Not anything that they would ever show on the show. Right. They probably have footage of it because they're always filming. Right. But, but yeah. The thing to me that's most important is that CBS said another incident. And they didn't say, like, another incident of unwanted touching. They just said another incident. So, it makes me believe that they think that they didn't act swiftly enough. Uh, and that this could have been avoided had they taken action 
uh, with more swiftness. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and I think the big miss. I think people. I, I, you know, I know the court of public opinion is is coming down pretty hard on Survivor for this season, um, and I think they. I think they made one key mistake, which was in the first episode or the t- the first two episodes or whatever that they didn't pull Dan aside then, and, right, and give him the ultimatum then. Right. Sure, that's the that's the one mistake. I think once that mistake was made, they've kind of handled everything correctly after that mistake, which was. I'll disagree on some stuff, but yeah, nothing like so egregious. I mean, I'm not giving them an A plus. I'm giving them like a B minus C plus for. It, I think the way Kelly was treated was pretty bad. Right. It's well. There's, I think there's there's a really important distinction to weigh, and it's that Kelly herself has said that she told the producers not to pull him, and I, I think that that probably comes from a uh, from a a point in her brain where she thought that they were all going to vote him out, so it wouldn't be an issue. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily that she didn't want that to be the way that Survivor is played. Where if you have a problem with someone, you can ask the producers to intervene and get rid of them. Right. So then when he didn't get removed, it kind of left the producers with their like their arms up in the air like, the person who had a problem with it, who we asked if we should remove him, said, no, we'll handle it. She went home. So now, like, it sucks. Doesn't It, it obviously sucks more to be the people who were affected, but it sucks for, for CBS to be like, we don't, like, if we pull him now, is that fair to people that he's working with? Not necessarily him, but fuck him. And they've got, like, therapists out there, too, that they they probably go to after things like that happen. And yeah. they're just like, what do we do? Right. And My main issue with that, though, is that, like, that question should have absolutely never have been asked to Kelly. Yes. I agree. not fucking her call. <laughs> yeah. She tells the producers, they take him out of the game. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Like... That's way too much burden to put on her for that. That's the problem with, like, outside of Survivor, that shit. Is being yeah. like, what do you want me to do about it? And it's like, I don't fucking know. Do whatever, you know. They don't ask me if I want to, like... It's it's the point of moral due diligence there. Is right. You need mm-hmm. to make the right call and not put it on the victim. Yeah. Because they'll say no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, but he's gone. It's good. Thank he is gone. Yeah. Yep. Um, I don't think he had a shot of showing up to the live show after he saw the amount of backlash that happened this season. Yeah. But he's been pretty silent on... He's been ghost. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, he, he deactivated his Instagram... All of his social media accounts are deactivated uh, from public search. Like, prior to the season is when he yeah. cut it all off. Yeah. So, you, but, so there are still people who, in the Survivor subreddit, say that they... Like, as soon as the cast list got announced... They friended everyone, and he hadn't cut it off then, but he still is not, like, posting anything. Mm. But he didn't delete his shit. I think, and I think that there's, and this is just my guess, I think there, there might be some litigation ongoing. Uh, that, like, Dan might have uh, subpoenaed the, like, unaired episodes and seen how he was portrayed. And, or maybe the producer who was touched is suing CBS Survivor for knowing that there's a monster on the show and not getting rid of him soon enough. Or maybe maybe Kelly is because she was denied a fair opportunity to have a shot at this, and game shows shouldn't uh, be rigged against contestants either from day zero or from you know day what ten. So it, Kelly has tweeted about it a few times. Like, yes. would that would she be precluded from that if 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 uh, she was suing? Depends. Yeah, okay. I mean, and that's the thing is that if somebody is if somebody is suing. It's their choice, okay? Right, like they, 
it, it doesn't help, and like some of the things that you say can be used against you. That's why most attorneys say don't tweet, don't talk to anyone about right, this, because right. you could be waiving our privilege if you tell them what we said. But again, but, if she's like, "Fuck that," silence is the issue. Yeah, doesn't yeah. mean she can't sue. Yeah, but she might just be trying to come away with it with clean hands, uh, and just like respect the NDA from CBS at every opportunity, because um, everyone has only talked about anything after the most recent episode airs. But has always mentioned that there's more to discuss. And I think Kelly's stance, from what I've gathered on her social media, is kind of mine, which is I don't think Dan is malicious. I think he's ridiculously ignorant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's also oh, dangerous. Yeah. Do what? <clears throat> that's also dangerous. Yeah. It's more dangerous. That's yeah. what I was telling Brett yeah. off air earlier. Like, that's yeah. scarier sometimes mm-hmm. when they don't know what they're doing is wrong. Yeah. It's worse in a way. Because that's more of the sign of society's right. issue, which yeah. is just that, that, you know, Dan has been allowed to build a life with this sort of uh, behavior which he thinks is normal mm-hmm. for, I don't even think he thinks years. it's behavior that's right. you know yeah, it's yeah. like I was falling over or I said excuse me it's like yeah but and like, honestly with the girls I think he probably sees himself as like one of the girls kind of like that's sort of his angle of like they they like it they you know I'm, I'm their buddy and so that's that's the the issue yeah is that he just doesn't see it um but but I will say good riddance. Yeah. 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 I'm I'm happy to not have to talk about it again. Yeah. yeah. Um not that I dislike talking about it with you guys, but I just it was such a it just makes it was, the experience more sour than than it should be. It's the Damoclean sword hanging over this season. Mm-hmm. It's made a kind of a shitty season unwatchable at times. Right. And not only is Dan gone, but all of his enablers <laughs> have been voted out too recently, so yeah. yeah. It's that's really nice too. We're left with not really a great final five. No, and I mean, I think a lot of people, you know, I think skipping a whole round of voting, I think Nora is submitted in the final three now. I think she gets carried by whoever wins immunity if she doesn't win it herself. Right. Um, Huge for Janet, who Mm -hmm. people were going to try to vote out every round they could until the end. Right. Um, She's still probably going home just because there's a... I do think there are two people who won't bring Nora with them. I think it's Tommy and Dean. Yeah. Who I think would bring each other. Yeah. I think Tommy would bring Nora. I think so. Well, I think... He doesn't have a crush on Dean like Dean does for him. Well, I think... I think Dean definitely has a Tommy crush going on. Yeah. yeah. There, there, I think there was something important that was that was shown last episode, which was Dan and Tommy and Dean saying, well, we're the guys' alliance. And then Dan saying that there was this secret alliance between the three of them that had been... Uh, that, that had existed but had been cemented at that tribal the previous night. Where Dean leaned over and told Tommy that, you know, votes were coming at him. So I think that now that it's... I mean, I think this season is heading towards a Tommy-Lauren breakup. Yeah, um, it that, should. Right. Mm-hmm. If Tommy and Lauren are both smart players, they're both going to try and pool their votes to get each other out next elimination. Elimination? I, I do think Lauren has sort of missed her window yep. for this season. I think... Her window might have been at six. I talked yep. to Brent today. I called him because Gold Derby has Lauren's odds to win as last right now. By a lot, like thirty-five to one odds to win, and I decided it's because I think Janet's to clear out at five, the next vote, mm-hmm. and I don't think Lauren's been bad at immunities, and I don't think she's going. Nobody's going to take her willingly to right. the final three, <clears throat> so she's going to have to make fire against maybe Dean, maybe Tommy, maybe Nora, maybe Janet, somebody, and she's not good at that either. Right. Reminds me of the season that had uh, 
<clears throat> I forget the names, but the Italian guy in Wendell the, and Dom. Uh, yeah. Wendell and Dom. <laughs> yeah. They were too connected for too long. So mm-hmm. that it just came down in the end, Wendell's more likable and Yeah. Yeah. He didn't play it as is, hard. It as is a little like people. that. They're they are the two best players left, I think. Yeah. Tommy Except and, and Lauren. It, the main difference is that they didn't control the game all along. Mm-hmm. They they were like really important uh like swings for the game for a lot of it. But not the way that Diamond Wendell did. Diamond Wendell really steamrolled that game together. Mm-hmm. But there, the Tommy Lauren connection is yeah. a liability for both of them to go into that final. Yeah, I think um, also I think some of the and I was telling TJ this earlier. I think those odds also reflect kind of the story of the season, which is like, or at least the stories for the players, which is uh, Lauren's season does not feel like a winning story at this point. Mm-hmm. Right, like she had one episode that was really focused on her, and she's mostly been a background or maybe side character for most of the season but the one episode that really did heavily focus on her the vote went to hell at the end and she and karishma played that idol and so Mm -hmm. um it's that really doesn't feel like a winner's edit and i hate playing that game of trying to read the edit but yeah you compare it to the other four remaining contestants and they all have at least i don't think they have Stories that would sway me if I were voting, but they all have at least a little <laughs> bit more of a compelling story out there than Lauren does to me. Like, I, even Dean. Dean's had, I like Dean's. Dean was, you know, sort of... He's been on the outs since the first few days of the game. Yeah, and he's, he's managed the, to survive. I've survived story. Yeah. And then <laughs> he might have a big play coming up with that uh, idol nullifier. Yeah. Uh, even Nora, has, someone who has been, I'm sure, on the outs for most of her life... <laughs> relatively i mean she's she clearly knows that she doesn't fit in right and she could maybe sell that now do i think i think she's going to craft the right narrative Nora's <laughs> done not there's really no chance yeah. in hell yeah that's, she's that's gonna be too bad at the final travel man but i so hope she's there i so hope she's there. that's the best thing about playing with nora is you're like oh wait she has to talk to people the smartest thing that nora could do if she makes it to the final three is go i found idols i Destroyed eliminations. I was, I was not. Fuck! I keep saying eliminations. Immunity challenges, yeah. uh, and that's why you should pick me. And then she should cross her hands and shut her mouth. Yeah, y'all, y'all <laughs> said you hate me over and over again to my face yeah. that I'm here. Yeah, I'm kind of crazy. This is hard for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah you rather talk of the boy ex boyfriend for an hour. <laughs> but I think that's why. That's why everybody takes Nora. Is because they're like it's free travel. I don't have to worry about somebody. Like, yeah, how they're going to be horrible. How could she explain her story? Yeah, the only problem with bringing Nora she'll try like real hard. <laughs> the only problem with bringing Nora that I can envision is. I don't know how much air would be left in the room when she was done. And you start wearing on the jury's patience if you don't have time to deliver your three-minute soliloquy because she's been talking for a half hour. Maybe right? That, maybe that's the whole reason they're doing a taped finale. <laughs> it's because she makes it to the final. Yeah, That's kind of yep. what Brett was hitting at a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you're going to have a lot of Nora to edit out, probably. Because yeah. <laughs> Jeff's also going to want longer this season, probably in this finale, to talk about the upcoming season compared to most. Right, right. Uh, he's gonna want to intro forty probably in a in a big way in a big way. How much of the final do you think you're gonna dedicate to talk about what just happened? I mean, yeah, I think it depends on the what they're what legally CBS allowed to legally do. do. Hmm. Yeah, I do think something is coming. Yeah, because Jeff was so just tight lipped about it. Yeah, and people were talking. People were really shitting on Jeff about not not saying enough to the public, and and he's too media savvy to mishandle that. Yeah. statement 
that when people were, were dogpiling on him, you knew that there was something else that mm-hmm. he just couldn't say yet. I mean, he's he's not just the host. He's a producer on the show. Yeah. So he's, he's involved show in runner, the show. Right? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Showrunner. Not just for Survivor, but for like a number of reality shows <laughs> that like he's not going to, you know, piss in his own cornflakes just to like get out ahead of a statement if it isn't good for his empire. I wonder yeah. how he thinks he looked now at the first episode. Because I was a little perturbed at, like, he almost had, like, a we fixed it attitude yeah. a little. And, uh, like, he, you know, stood up to Dan or whatever when Dan was like, you won't let it go. And he was like, you're right, I won't let it go. Like, yeah, that was, that was good and all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there was still a little bit, like, it's just like the real world. And you're like, yeah, it is like the real world. The victim is sitting ten feet away, and she can't talk. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, apparently it has now come out that, that Kelly was told by producers that she could say something if it if that topic was uh, broached, and she said that she wanted to respect the rules of the game. Weird, I saw, I saw something with Jeff saying that they were going to keep the game as was yeah. back then. But. I think I also saw the thing where they, they talked to Kelly about whether she wanted to say anything at... And but again, she, and she just said no. Yeah, yeah. That, that's I mean, also I, again like no. Yeah. <laughs> if I if I'm Kelly, I let the game operate as normal, and then at the end of the season, go, hey, you guys let a creep be on the show, and he basically molested me until I left the show, and that's really fucked up. And you it know, took him you doing it. it to another person, right? I mean, yeah, that is almost just like, well, if something. If you were upset, why did you say something? Yeah, it's like, well, she did. Fuck you. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> she did a lot. Um. Well, well cool. the same way that doing TJ's tidbit. That seems like a good moment. <laughs> I was, I was like, oh, I'm glad we stopped talking about the the inappropriate touching stuff because I was going to do a TJ's tidbit next. Then we just got right back into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I stumbled across a fantastic asylum <laughs> movie. Does it, do y'all know what asylum is? Yeah, mm-hmm. the studio that sucks. Yeah. That makes the mockbusters. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, mockbusters. This movie is called Dead Seven. <laughs> I sent this to Chris. Uh, it was written by Nick Carter of the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> He's also the star. Um, well, that's how you star in a movie. As Nick Carter, <laughs> this cast is fucking fantastic, though. It is uh, Nick Carter, top build, of course. Jeff Timmons from Ninety Eight Degrees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Joey Fatone from NSYNC as Whiskey Joe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the plot of this movie is there's a zombie apocalypse. Sure. <laughs> And then the world uh, reverts back to old western times. Mm-hmm. Okay. As you do. Like it would. Yeah. Like yeah. It would. Uh, going on with this cast. AJ McLean from the Backstreet Boys. Hmm. Uh, my favorite one by far. Not related to Eric Estrada, but from O-Town. Eric Michael Estrada. <laughs> from O-Town. Uh, Howie Duro from Backstreet Boys. Chris Kirkpatrick from NSYNC. I kind of see the trend. Art. Uh... <laughs> Alexicus. Oh, from Everclear? Ever- <laughs> Ever- I was uh, hoping you were going to say his, that last name. Uh, yeah, there's a bunch. John Cicada plays like the mayor of this town. <laughs> it's just a bunch of like boy band heartthrobs from the 90s and 2000s. <laughs> Art Alexakis. And- <laughs> <laughs> Who's looked 55 since he was like 12. Mm-hmm. There are like six boy bands represented in this cast. I was a little upset you didn't. Did you say someone from Together? Nobody from Together, no. Because Together, they're actual actors. Like, that is their primary job. <laughs> it also looks like they just picked up the phone book for this cast, aside from Whiskey Joe. The characters' names are Jack, Billy, 
Well, never mind. Komodo. <laughs> uh, Apocalypta is the villain, which, you know, that took Nick Carter some thinking. I bet. It's like, what kind of movie is this? Well, it's a zombie apocalypto. <laughs> I did it. So I was, I looked this up while you've been talking about it, and uh, the. Uh, Nick Carter had been aspiring... Can I just read this quick from Wikipedia? <laughs> Nick Carter Please. had been aspiring to make a film for years. In the past, he's made several independent short films, and in 2014, he started an Indiegogo campaign to fund his first feature-length film titled Evil Blessings. <laughs> Later that year, however, the director... Six Valethan Essex... Wait, what's the director's name? I heard you have verbal diarrhea. <laughs> it is S-X-V apostrophe L-E-I-T-H-A-N. S-X-V? S-X-V... S X V apostrophe L E I T H A N. Okay. With the last name Essex. Yeah. <laughs> uh, of the Cambridge Essexes? <laughs> yes. Um, this led to Carter scrapping the film and replacing it with Dead Seven, initially titled Dead West. Um, but I had to get that guy's name out. Yeah, yeah that's fantastic. Yeah. That's better I, than Eric Michael Six, well, six Valethan. Six Valethan. Okay. Essex. <laughs> well, does anyone else have... So, that's your homework this week. <laughs> Dead <laughs> 7. Streaming on sci-fi. <laughs> so, does anyone else have any can-tired bits they want to jam in before we play this game? <laughs> <laughs> Alright. That means it's time. Someone else is going to explain the rules, because I never pay attention. We're going to do a draft. <laughs> uh, we did a random order. We are drafting films from this Oscar season... And the goal is, in four rounds, so four picks each, mm-hmm. uh, to have the most total Oscar nominations from the four movies you pick. I will trade you no. uh, future <laughs> considerations with for you. your first round pick. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to make a fantasy football joke that nobody would get, but never mind. I was going to say, trading with you at this draft would be like trading with Ron in real fantasy football. <laughs> You said you were going to pick Green Book last. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, I ruined your joke. We can edit that out. And uh, we don't edit things anymore. Please, we don't. Yeah, that does anyone remember who won last year? I forgot. No, nobody. Knows. David. David remembers. Uh, I think David. I won. David Pepperidge Farm. I'm gonna say yeah. your last name. I don't know if we stopped doing that. Or, I don't know what's going on. No, his last name is Pepperidge Farm. <laughs> One word for the PH. His sixth relief in Pepperidge Farm. <laughs> okay, so TJ did a quote random order. I showed you the random.org website. You showed me a picture of something. It could have been doctored. You could have done it a bunch of times, so you Straight got your name first. We didn't reverse it. I don't mm-hmm. care. We didn't have uh, a PricewaterhouseCooper uh, do the accounting on this, so good. <laughs> I'm putting an asterisk by the draft results. David's going to win anyway. Yeah, he is. <laughs> okay. What's the order? It goes TJ, then Brent, then Chris, then David. <laughs> oh, my God. Cool. <laughs> I get to pick one of the two movies I know might get nominated for stuff. Nice. We did surprise Brent uh, with it. We were doing it today, so... I found out about 45 minutes ago that this <laughs> To be fair, happening. Brent surprised us. <laughs> uh, yeah, he didn't true. know it was coming. Uh, Alright, first pick. Man, I really didn't want to pick it because it's boring, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, taking the Irishman. Number one overall. How many uh, do you think it's going to wind up with? I've got it at uh, Best Picture, Director, Actor, two supporting actors right now. Screenplay, cinematography, costume, editing, production, and visual effects. So that's one, two, nine. three, four, five, six. 
Eleven. Eleven. Wow. Eleven nominations. Yeah. Two in one category. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Pesci and Pacino both got in at SAG. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, I don't want to say surprising, but a little little surprising. Chill strength. Yeah. Uh, and I, just on a personal level, think Pesci should get in, and he's, you know, the yeah. lesser of the two as far as the odds go. Mm-hmm. And so, by height. And uh, I think De Niro still gets in. The Academy Award, even though he was left out of SAG. Um, but there's usually, they have a pretty steady four for five out of SAG. And plus, he's getting the Lifetime Achievement at SAG this year. So it's almost like double dipping. So that was some people's explanation for it. Hmm. Yeah, visual effects will be interesting. That shortlist comes out Monday, is that correct, David? Yep. So we'll know for sure if it's even... It's going to be one of the 15. I mean... I think it should be. Uh, we were looking at it it's for a consideration book. Yeah, here right before the podcast, and it's got really cool side by sides of Pesci and De Niro, unaffected and affected. <laughs> um, unaffected and the opposite, unaffected, affected. And I think if it, I think you're still pretty. You had a pretty good floor there. I think if it misses visual effects, I think there's a good chance it's in the shortlist for makeup. If people don't like yeah. the visual effects, there's still a degree of makeup there. I've got it out right now, but it very well could be. It is disqualified for score. Um, that came out this week. Okay. So. Because he just used a Martin Scorsese Spotify playlist. <laughs> yeah, pretty <laughs> much. Score. So I don't think he's going to tie any records or anything. Um, just not in the cards for it, but. Yeah. 11 is probably the, the best possible outcome for it. Yeah, because I don't think it gets makeup and visual effects. No. I don't think it's both. I think I it's one think or the other. So. Um, and yeah, nothing else really here. I mean, I've got to get in cinematography and editing. I could sneak in like a sound, but I don't have it in the top five of either one of those right now. Well, we're three, four years of this podcast, I'll have no idea the difference between those two. We no. talk about it every year, still don't know. When I, when I was looking at nominees, I looked at one of them and I gave two check marks to every movie that was going to get one of them. Right now, I've just got the same Good five. Boy. Of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Breezy. Well, this is kind of like when the Detroit Lions would pick second in every NFL draft, and I'm just the Matt Millen of this draft, just like, don't really know what I'm doing. Just gonna... What's your favorite wide receiver? Yeah, like, he would, I think he would watch tape of, like, one player, and he'd be like, I like that guy. He's pretty good. I'll take him. So, I'm doing what, I'm doing the same thing. I'm just gonna pick a movie that I thought was real good, and I thought should be nominated for stuff. So, I'll select Marriage Story. Nice. Which is one of the best movies I've seen all year, and mm-hmm. it has lots of good acting, and... Uh, good script and good direction and and so I've got it down for 17 nominations um, I've got it taking five of the of my projected eight best picture nominations so just yes. it's gonna be marriage story marriage story marriage story uh, and then maybe three other movies um, I had it pretty high up there I had it at a uh, <clears throat> topping out at eight I think is the max it could get I think but, it's a lock at six though yeah. which is Something. It's a guaranteed picture, actor, actress, supporting actress, screenplay, and mm-hmm. uh, I think score, too. Plus, it's a movie about actors and directors, so... <laughs> There's a few of those this year. The Academy <laughs> loves that shit. Speaking of, I'm going to seg that into my pick. I'm going to pick Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, because I've got it some landing somewhere around, with their best case scenario, at nine. Um, I can't go through it and tell you which ones, but... I've got it at nine. Me, too. Uh, picture director, lead actor, supporting actor, screenplay, cinematography, costume, editing, and production design. Same ones. Yeah. Yeah. And song? Score? Probably score. 
I don't think it's... It doesn't have a score. score. Soundtrack only. Oh. Spotify playlist again. All right. Cool. Um, yeah, it's a really good pick. It's going to probably hit all those. It's a great first round pick because that's a solid floor that I don't think you'll you'll go less than. I mean, like you could lose so. DiCaprio, <clears throat> but I think you're getting everything else there. Sweet. Um, yeah, that movie's one of the the first three picks are three of my four like best picture winners for sure. I think we're down to four probably, mm-hmm. um, and all three picks so far have been of those four. Nice. Well, David, <clears throat> take us away. Back to back picks for Dave. Back to back picks. That's fun. Um, I did have this as like a top three heavy draft, so I appreciate the fourth spot. <laughs> I'm going to go for. Uh, you get two picks here, though. though yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to go for upside here, and uh, some of the best upside I see is having a Dunkirk like run is uh, 1917. I have it at uh, nine right now. Um, picture director, cinematography, editing, production, design, both sounds, which is a good twofer yep. for this kind of movie to get. <clears throat> um, score, Thomas Newman, he's like nominated a, a shitload. Uh, like the visual effects thing that uh, Dunkirk got, like practical visual and some CGI magic. Um, could I wouldn't be surprised if it got a, well I already said editing. I've got the same nine for it. Yeah, uh, I've got it winning or nominating, getting nominated for all nine of those. Uh, it was my third overall pick in this draft, so it could lose out on a few of those. It could fall off. Not a lot of people have seen it yet. I think it's got a solid floor of at least getting technical yeah. sweep of like five or so, which I think in this range is pretty pretty good in the five to six range. Yeah, and I think if it gets, I think Mendez has a better shot of getting director than even Bombuck does at mm-hmm. this point. Um, Mendez, the director of the Academy, is loves and is awarded before, and uh, he's doing a war epic that looks really good. Did you get a trailer for that when you went and saw Knives Out? Yes, it was good. The trailer was we got was good. <coughs> it looked cool mm-hmm. for a war movie. Cool for a war movie, David. What's your next pick? <clears throat> for my next pick, I'm between two, but I'll just skip ahead and say I'm I'm uh, going with the one that's rising rather than the one that seems to be falling right now. And I'm going to go with uh, Parasite. Um, I only have it in for five, maybe six, but uh, it seems pretty good for me second round. Picture, director, screenplay, I think editing. Foreign language is the lockiest lock of all locks this year. Yeah. And could get cinematography. Um, It got a SAG Ensemble nomination, which is pretty crazy for a foreign language movie, considering a lot of these people aren't in SAG. Right. For them to, to go that route. Yeah. There's only one other foreign language movie that's ever done it, and it's Life is Beautiful. Also nominated for Academy Awards. And won a lead actor Oscar. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I've got a winning picture director, or winning, sorry, getting nominated for picture director. I've got supporting actor in right now. Mm-hmm. Um, screenplay, editing, production design, mm-hmm. too, for that. And um, I saw, who's supporting actor? The dad. And then I saw supporting actress. There was talk about that, too. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just figured he. I guess he's not real lead actor. It's one of those things where it's just he's whatever they supporting. whatever they want him to be. Yeah. Um, so that's good. I'm glad. I'd say I don't. I don't follow the odds. So I was. I was looking at Parasite, thinking that there were two performances in that movie that I think were uh, worth nominations, and it's him and then the the mom of the house. Zhao, the was, mom of the rich family. Yeah. Yeah. She was fantastic. so funny yeah. in that movie. 
Well, cool. That means it's back to me. Uh, and I'm going to take one uh, that I saw. Actually, I've seen both the ones I've got so far. Um, when I was looking through my my lists of other people's lists, I uh, was surprised to see it get the mention in so many categories. But I'm going to pick Joker. Um, I saw that it has like a like lo- looking like a ceiling somewhere around eight nominations. Um, you know, potentially like director adapted screenplay, uh, lead actors a lock right. The That's for, for Joaquin, yeah. Um, I don't know. Just seems I was surprised to see it ranked so high of all the lists I looked at on on Gold Derby. So I'm I'm pleased to take that one off the board. Yeah, I've got it. Uh, get nominated for picture, actor, screenplay, makeup, and cinematography at the moment. Yeah, it also got in <clears throat> Golden. There's not a lot of score precursors, but it got in for score at the Golden Globes. As like one of the five there going up against some heavy hitters there, so yeah, yeah, could even get in for score if it's well loved. Yeah, but yeah, good pick. It would have been mine there. That, that that's my Joker pick, uh, Breezy, as the number seven overall pick <clears throat> in this 2020 Oscar nomination draft. Uh, I'm gonna take a movie I have not seen, because um, we've. We've pretty much hit all the ones I've seen. <laughs> so my draft strategy has to evolve. So now it's Matt Millen just being like, na- telling some intern to name a movie or name a name a receiver. So I'm going to go Bombshell. Bombshell. Because an anti-Fox News movie should be eaten right the fuck up by this uh, nominating pool. Right now I've only got it getting three, but it's on the rise. Yeah, I, I had only found three in mine. Yeah, it got it did really well with the SAGs. It got at one of the five ensemble yeah. uh, nominations and got three actors in there: uh, Theron, Robbie, and Kidman. I've got it right now, just getting uh, <clears throat> picture Charlie Theron and makeup right now. But it could easily get five or six or more. And it's an adapted screenplay. That's a I it's I believe it's be a vulnerable yeah it's the vulnerable screenplay category this year. Sweet. DJ. DJ, hit us with your with that double-double. <clears throat> yeah, back-to-back picks. Uh, I'm going to take a couple. I'm going to take one that I feel like could have high upside. One that could have uh, downside, but I feel like I'm, I'm, I feel like it's coming back a little bit. Uh, first I'm going to take that's got high upside, even though it's falling off a little. I'm going to take Little Women, the Greta Gerwig film. Right now I've just got it getting picture. I do think Gerwig gets in uh, For director. with a director nom. Uh, I think it's a lock in screenplay and costume. Though, um, and he could get more. I think Florence Pugh could get in. I think Sarsha Ronan could definitely get in. Um, I don't have them in right now for right. supporting and lead, but I think it's possible. Could get production design, any kind of sweeping period piece. You could do cinematography. The yep. trailer looks nice. Yeah. And, <clears throat> you know, the categories makeup and hairstyling. Anytime you have period, hair, and makeup there, it's uh, it's got a shot there too. Yeah, I think it's a great upside pick right there. I just had no idea where it's gonna right. land. It could get two nominations or like eight. Yeah, it could yeah. have five or one. Yeah, it's got it's a it's one of the latest breaking movies of the Oscar season, kind of like Phantom Thread a couple of years ago, where it just kind of out of nowhere got five, including best picture. Yeah, and best director. So. Um, my other one, I think it does have a kind of floor of three nominations, and I think it could get five. I still think lead actor is a possibility for Rocket Man, uh, and I'm going to take it here. I've got it right now, just getting both sound nominations, makeup, and <clears throat> I do think it's probably a lot for original song. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but uh, I could, like I said, I could. I don't think he's going to get a best pitcher nom, but could. But I thought Taron Edgerton might get a uh, lead actor nom. He uh, was in the SAG, probably took that De Niro spot. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, in the SAG awards. So I'll take Rocket Man here. Really good and performance. Yeah, he was good. They have like fantasy sequences in that movie, yep. right? Yeah. So you always got a shot at production design for that. They yeah. got into the production design guild for a period film, right. which is tough. A tough five to get in. Yeah, and period <laughs> is usually where the Oscar ones draw from. Yeah. Do you think that it's gonna gonna hit a costume for the recreation of all the EJ outfits? Very well could. I, I think so. Yeah. So that could that could be four, maybe five. Yeah. Let's like say yeah. Right now I've got it for I don't have it for costume. I've got it for song, makeup, sound, and sound. Sound and sound. Yeah. Alrighty, Brent, back for the stunning selection. What is Matt Milner? Is that who you're talking about? <laughs> Man, nobody, none of us know who you're talking about. Uh, Wrong crowd. <laughs> do you mean to scream at your arm about wide somethings? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't really know what to do here, so I'm just going to pick a, a movie that's got some good actors in it. And, <laughs> Damn it. Uh, and based on the movie, uh, sometimes... Car races can sound good, so uh, maybe that'll score me in a couple extras with Ford versus Ferrari. It's a good pick. It was my next pickup. It was mine too. Oh my god! Thank God. <laughs> I've only got it. I've only got it in three at the moment, but it could. I've only got it editing and both sound nominations, but it could easily get. Uh, Bale could get a nomination here, <laughs> or he uh, could get best picture thrown into picture. Yeah, yeah. or both. Right. Uh, I could easily get you know five or six noms. My unprecise method. I had it at six. Yeah, that picture in Bale. Yeah. Yeah. And now it falls to me to pick something. And this is where we kind of hit the doldrums. None of these are bad movies, but like everything we've picked so far could crowd out all of the movies left to pick. Doldrums is my name. So I'm going to do a heart pick here, and I'm going to pick Jojo Rabbit. I think I only have it possible in probably five categories. But I like Taika Waititi, and he could do it for me. I think it's in its screenplay and production design, and uh, I've got it in that picture right now. I have it for score too. Good. I forgot who does who did the score, but I think he's he's a guy. Yeah. That that gets in. It's it's a real like same kind of people keep getting in kind of category. Yeah. yeah. Good pick. Thanks. I mean, you're picking a best picture nominee, maybe. Yeah. With your last pick, so that's pretty good. Yeah. Well, not second to last. Same last. Yeah. All right. David, hit us with your back-to-back. Round three, round four. Round three, round four. Here we go. Out the door. (laughs) (laughs) As they say. I'm going to go with a uh, a small indie movie. Um, It's got some high upshot here. Uh, The Rise of Skywalker. I was going to say, you're taking Avengers (laughs) and Star Wars (laughs) back-to-back. Um, Just for Viz Sound Sound for both of them? <laughs> I got it for, yeah, Viz Sound Sound. Uh, it's a good shot for makeup. How much it gets practical, we'll see. Sometimes it didn't it get booted sense. for a score either, so it's an option there. Yeah, John Williams got nominated the last two Star Wars movies. I thought he missed for uh, Jedi, but he was in. And he's just, I mean... He's, he's the legend, right? So if there's a spot for him, he just farts out nominations. <laughs> yeah. these days. He's not even aware of what he's doing. So as a floor, I have it at four. Um, How does that movie not get excluded for the using your own music? It's got a different score as part of the score that's used as a track, like mm-hmm. a song. Oh, so that's part of the soundtrack, not the score. Right. That's bizarre. 
So yeah. I mean, yeah, I know. <laughs> Making it up yeah. as they go. <laughs> this is kind of execution dependent, so it could get production design. It could get uh, costumes because they'll be wearing costumes. Um, Thank God. Yeah. Man, I gotta um, cross off that naked movie that I watched. <laughs> Force Awakens did get an editing nomination. Yeah. And this is J.J. Abrams' team returning. You never know. It may be a little more crowded than it was last time, but... But also, literally good... nobody has seen this movie. <laughs> so we don't know. But as far as third round, I think the tech floor makes it pretty safe. Yeah, it's a good good pick. And what about your unsafe pick at four? This, this, is, this is your... Your undisturbed powder keg. See if you can catch one that'll blow up. Or are you going to go with something safe? Something like Hustlers, with one probably guaranteed domination, <laughs> but that's it. Um, dang. I'm just going to have to start looking at these for your consideration. Thanks, man. <laughs> it's like, honey boy. Yeah, I think one of them is an Oscar preview. It's good Foley work there. <laughs> boy, I, 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 I. Honey boy. Boing. <laughs> I think I'm going to go with a upside that isn't really on the upswing right now. But uh, with the fourth pick, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to do the farewell. There's a shot that it gets in picture and actress. But I think it's probably at least got original screenplay and uh, maybe supporting actress. I think the best it can do is four. That's and what that's I had. kind of an optimistic four. But I think the best in the what I'm projecting for the rest of this stuff, the best I'm, ha- I'm seeing here is three. Yeah. So I'm, I'm I, going. I don't think that Aquafina steals a best actress nom from someone. It's interesting. I think four is the ceiling. Right now, I've only got it at one. So I didn't know where to put it on my rankings, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I've just got it'd a supporting be, actress. It'd right be now. towards like the fifth spot for almost all of those categories. Right. Yeah. Um, so then, for my last pick, I'm going to pick the movie that I pretty much just found out about today. Uh, but I had it at a that naked movie Brent was watching (laughs) yeah but it's not the kind of naked you want to see it's Two Popes Um, it's the I have it at a a max of three and I don't even know where because I pretty much did just find out about this movie it was today or yesterday I'd say four is a a solid chance Uh, the two actors screenplay and picture depending on how it goes over yeah. It's another late breaker. You know, it's December 20th. It's coming out. Yeah. And it's Anthony Hopkins' return to acting, right? He had, quote unquote, retired for a while there. I think he's done it a couple times. Yeah. yeah. Well, he keeps retiring and saying he'll only come back for the perfect role. Or Transformers. Transformers. Or Transformers. Last yeah. night. <laughs> or Westworld. Or, like, literally any Marvel movie uh, that has Or, like, Transformers, Transformers not the perfect role. Pay some tax bills. <laughs> yeah. Anthony Hopkins' choices over the last. 10 years has made me worried that he hasn't done a good job with his finances. <laughs> I mean, he owns like a couple castles, so those have got to be expensive to keep up with. That's true. You would think. All right, Breezy. Um, so every year the Oscar, when we all, we try to watch all the movies that the Oscars have nominated. So, you know, the lead up to that. And there's always some bullshit that I fucking don't want to watch that, that I have no interest in. So I might as well see if I can make that work for me. And pick cats. <laughs> nice. I'm picking cats. I think cats is going to sneak into a couple more nominations than people think. I think it's going to get song for sure. Um, it's going to get best cats. <laughs> I have it at one. I've got it at one for best song, but yeah. it could get in a makeup. Yeah, I have uh, it at two. Production design, maybe. Probably best jellical ball. <laughs> <laughs> Most heavy side. <laughs> I don't know what the hell you're talking about. 
this is gonna be your first exposure to what cats is um assuming i watch it <laughs> well you picked it you have to this is oh you no got, no <laughs> you've got a pretty diverse i'll, I'll do the roundup at the end yeah. tj give us your fourth pick you were the last pick mr somebody mr december mr <laughs> mephistopheles irrelevant yeah yeah i'm taking avengers endgame uh, i think it's i think it gets four i think it gets both sound i think it gets visfex and I think it gets score as well. Ah, I think it'd be the first time. Yeah, it would be Alan Silvestri. Yeah, I feel like there's always the one. Like, yeah, the score is is good. I and ju- uh, I Infinity War like was in the uh, shortlist last year. When right, it was yeah. boiled down to ten, I think, either ten or fifteen. So he he was close last year. Yeah, nice. So this this means we're leaving on the table in my uh, uh, ranked ish order. Oh, I didn't cross out Star Wars. Uh, we're leaving all the animated, so Frozen, Toy Story, four. Those I both had it having two possible. Yeah. Lighthouse with two possible. Pain and Glory with two possible. And the rest they had with one possible. Richard Jewell, Judy, Harriet, Hustlers, The Report, Beautiful Day. My name is Dolomite, Downton Abbey, uh, and then more animated stuff. I think Beautiful Day could get two as well. I think you get it for screenplay and Tom Hanks, mm-hmm. but they're going to nominate mm-hmm. that movie about the hand. The animated movie about the hand, which <laughs> I've heard good things. Cats. It sounds like Brent came in off the street. <laughs> it's like, hey y'all, what are you doing today? Is it's like, the, uh, what I happened lo- to my body? I lost my body. I lost my body. Yeah. The French animated. I really want to see that. Oh yeah, that is nominated. That that was a lot of people's number one that I was looking at for nomination chance for but animation. Streak. Yeah. I know some things. <laughs> um, also. Uh, I'm really, I was really surprised that like the movie that is dominating a lot of top ten lists is not no, like nowhere to be seen on the odds, which is uh, no um, a portrait of a girl on fire. Or it is not lady on fire. Well, it's not going to be eligible for the international film <clears throat> because France submitted a different movie. Uh, you can only submit one. They submitted a movie, Les Misérables. Not that one. It's like a, uh, a West African filmmaker. Oh, okay. <coughs> wrote it. It's like yeah, current day. Reverse <laughs> jerk off, bro. <laughs> yeah. So they do the thing that like uh, Israel and Japan and a bunch of people do. Yeah. The the film that wins like the Caesar, which is their Oscar, you know, goes on, and that was not Portrait of a Lady on Fire. No. Some people said movies. it was a it was a mistake doing that. Yeah. So this is where we have it. We've got. TJ with his team of Irishmen, Little Women, Rocket Men, and Avengers. I like it. Feels like a winner. <laughs> <laughs> Your movie's all like gender specific references, except for Avengers, I suppose. <laughs> except for 25% of them. Yeah. Uh, Brent has Marriage Story, Bombshell, Ford vs. Ferrari, and Cats. All titles that contain a bit of like contentiousness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Joker, Jojo Rabbit, and Two Popes. I got no through line there. I feel like the most fantasy of of all of us. I'll take it. Yeah. David's got 1917, Parasite, Star Wars Rise of Skywalker, and The Farewell. Lots of dads dying? I don't know. <laughs> Presumably. Yeah. Probs. Yeah. Well, cool. That's how the draft shook out. We'll post this uh, as an image either in the post itself or um, Facebook group. In the right. Facebook group. Uh, people want to want to glom on and say what they think the 
the the movies that are going to get the most nominees are, then we'll, we can duke it out with words online. Uh, any other business we want to settle today? I've got what to watch ready. Nice. You can go watch Cats or you can go watch Star Wars. <laughs> Those are your options. I pick Star Wars. Brent picks Cats. What do y'all say? <laughs> <coughs> I pick Star Cats. Oh, <laughs> Laser Cats. Well, I was going to pick Cat Wars. Cat so. Wars. I'd watch Cat Wars. I'm probably going to watch The Two Popes because it's going to be in my living room. It's <laughs> true. Easy. David always... David's the person who most understands what the What to Watch section is and the person who most doesn't want to participate in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alright, Dad. There's no reason to get mad about it. Yeah. I, I was just thinking about how I've been trying to rent the farewell in my head. For like three months now. I just can't ever do it. Yeah. I just can't pull the trigger on it. I'm just wait. I just know as soon as I do it the next day, it's going to be like on Hulu or Prime. I know. I just know it's going to be sad. Uh, <laughs> did you, have you heard the uh, This American Life? No. That it's kind of based on? No. Oh. It's good. Oh. I heard it a couple years ago. Nice. It's a great story. I, heard, I listened to it. I heard this, the central premise for the movie, and that is also why I've not pulled the trigger, that... In China, it's customary. Uh, it's a it's a common saying that when you get cancer, you die. <laughs> you know that old tale. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, if no other big business to go through, then this has been Talk Talk podcast yeah. from mediabias.com. You can find us on Facebook. We'll, we'll, we will be posting this. Uh, I hope this uh, holler like old god gets out of my head and allows me to pronounce words. Uh, you can. We've got Games Bias, TV Bias, Movie Bias. You can send us an email, mediabias at gmail.com. Tweet us at the Media Bias. <laughs> I want to give a special thanks to the intro music by Will Walkers. <laughs> and the outro music <laughs> to <laughs> Boo Rifa. Boo, 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 boo. And uh, thanks everybody for joining boo. us today. It was so nice having everybody together again. Yeah, rate us on your favorite podcast app. We have 10 reviews. So oh, whoa. Let's, let's build that number. Moving on up. It's like six other people. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get 11, we'll do an actual foursome. I don't think I ever reviewed this, but I could be wrong. Thanks. Bye. Kicking rocks down old dusty roads. Small town slowpokes long time ago. Kicking out records of all the things that I know. All the things that I know.